You're Peter Parker, you're 15, 16 years old. That's a lot of pressure. Well, that's the whole thing as an athlete, right? Is not to compare yourself to others. Also, Tony like saved the universe. So I don't know how he's gonna do any better than that. <laughs> Welcome to WRTS. We run this station, the Athlete Run Podcast channel presented by Uninterrupted. I'm producer, ex-NFL player Spencer Pasker, and I'm here with my best friend, Matt Perret. Oh, <laughs> Switched it up. Switched it up for you guys today. Late this morning, <laughs> heat. Son of a and I'm bitch. Friend, and I'm friends with Dane Moore. Some yeah, guys yeah, are yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. That was What's lame. up, guys? What's up? Not much, man. I'm like straight off the plane from Scottsdale for like four days. That was I, pretty rough. My I cousin was came in Vegas a couple weeks ago. Yeah. What's the What's yeah. the line from uh, Super Bad? My cousin came all the way from Scottsdale, Scottsdale. Arizona. <laughs> you sing for him. My brother came all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona, to be here tonight, and you're not going to sing for him? Fucking bullshit. That line got thrown out a couple times, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but is, it was cool. This is another episode of Film Study Podcast where we prepare you for the blockbusters that are coming out. You know, for us, we love to review movies, talk shit about them, praise them, everything in between. So right now, Matt, what we got? Well, Where can today, you find us? You can find us uh, at Film Study Pod on Twitter, Instagram, as well as at Uninterrupted. We post over there as well. Uh, make sure you subscribe to WRTS because that is where you are right now. And that <laughs> is where Film Study currently lives. Yes. Uh, so make sure you subscribe, rate, and Review. Give us five stars. You can give us five stars, but you don't have to like. You can actually write a, a an actual review. Like, give us some notes. <laughs> give something. us some feedback. Yeah, anything like that. We're but always give us five stars. With oh, that. that's that's, <laughs> a, that's a mandatory. I can feel like TD on the other side of the wall. Like, I can feel that we're not as tight as we need to be. The forty five minutes. Right. That's one thing we're shooting for. We're shooting for the forty five to fifty minutes or so. So keep we're trying quick. to keep it lean and tight here today. It's like keep any it good uh, stand up special, right? Like a tight hour. Tight tight you want to keep it tight yeah um but yeah eptd the the villain of the show is who he's <laughs> referencing uh but coming up on the show today we have prep for spider-man far from home Woo! and after that we're going to be doing a spoiler spoiler heavy review of spider-man into the spider-verse which just hit netflix so we thought since there weren't many blockbusters last week in the theater that we would just sit on the couch watch something on netflix and make this the ultimate spider-man episode we are entering our own spider verse in this episode but first as always we got hot takes this is the segment where we react to three trending topics in film with fiery fiery takes so first up is paul rudd was just cast in ghostbusters 2020 who are you gonna call when i heard that they were going to call me well i nearly slimed myself so dane Take one. He's going to bring Ghostbusters back to the forefront. Yes. I, think. Ooh, yes. I really think so. Like, and, and here's the thing is we don't even know what he's playing because the cast is so they've, they've only cast like four people. They cast Finn Wolfhard. We'll talk about Stranger Things coming yeah. up, but from Stranger Things and as a young kind of, you know, I think he's uh, the daughter of Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon plays a mother who has a, a two kids and McKenna Grace as well. So these two child actors, Paul Rudd, Carrie Coon. It's being directed by Jason Reitman, who is the son of Ivan Reitman, who was behind the original ones. Yes. And um, I'm, 
you know, they've only had a few casting announcements, but it sounds like Sony was developing this kind of quietly for a while. Yeah. And that's why they could release a te- teaser trailer like the day after they announced it, which was just the car. But I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of obviously I'm a big fan of Ghostbusters. I sound like I'm a cinephile. Like, oh, Ghostbusters, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> Everybody's a fan of Ghostbusters. I've yeah, actually it's... never seen Ghostbusters. Really? really? Yeah, oh, I know. Did you I see did... the most recent one? No. At all? Nothing. Well, that I mean, you're. Yeah, fine. which which this that, and but... you know I think uh, the last one that came out in 2016 with. Uh, you know, Kristen Wiig and Leslie Jones and all that. It was fun. It was it was different from the originals. Uh, this one is going to connect more so to the original movies. Mm-hmm. Sigourney yeah. Weaver is expected to return. Paul Rudd's playing a teacher, they say, I guess. And that's exciting because, again, like we were talking about with Space Jam 2 last week, it'd be cool to see some of the original cast members like Bill Murray or people come back. And they've extended the offer to Bill Murray, mm-hmm. uh, Sigourney Weaver, um, uh, who was some other, Ernie Hudson, yeah. uh, Rick Moranis, Dan Aykroyd. They Dan extended Aykroyd. the offer for them to come back to reprise their roles. It'd be so great to get Rick Moranis back. I, mean, I would love, <laughs> you know, I would love to see Paul Rudd in that mentor uh, position. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's, he's being a teacher right now, so we can only hope that some of the younger actors that have signed on to play to play in the Ghostbusters movie maybe he is that maybe he will be that for them well I think when and you and I were the same way when he got cast for Ant-Man a couple people were like what and I was like this is the best casting because in a way like I mean he he fit the bill but he he could play that you know kind of dual role really well yeah and you still he's likable you root for the guy and everything he does plus I just watched a bunch of Wet Hot American Summer the series (laughs) and it's like the best thing ever what's up bitches let's rage There was a little bit of controversy when this movie uh, was slated because Leslie Jones came out and said that, you know, why don't you guys just make a sequel to the one that came out, what was that, 2016? Yeah, 2016. 2016? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the movie didn't do well. It wasn't just that, and that's the thing, and I know, you know, it was was female friend and all that. To me, it just, I didn't enjoy the movie that much. And so, you know, I understand that they're rebooting it. What do we do? What is Hollywood doing with most things? That quick, rebooting them. There was a a picture a a couple days ago of like, Aladdin, Godzilla, Lion King. Oh yeah! Coming out. Oh yeah! Like, and Toy Story all, Four. Toy Story Four is like, all in a row. Ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Yeah, that was awesome. But I'm I'm excited for it, and, and uh, just really briefly, like Paul Rudd is somebody that's really good with you know reactionary uh, mm-hmm. comedy. That's somebody. That's somebody that he's made his his mark on doing yeah. that. So the fact that there's going to be ghosts flying around and and spirits and everything, watching Paul Rudd react to that. I'm all for it. How good was he as a dad in Endgame? Exactly. There you dad go. flick. Dad so, flick. In for it. Speaking of sequels, Jumanji, the next level trailer just dropped. I have one important question. Who is Jumanji? Is that Barbara's boy? So Spencer, take two. This will be Kevin Hart's best role yet. Oh. Best role yet. Better than CIA? <laughs> I love CIA. I'm saying I'm <laughs> I'm planting my flag and say this will be his best role yet because at the like he's playing an old black guy stuck in a Kevin Hart body. So if if anybody has seen the uh, seen the trailer, if you haven't go watch it, it's literally Kevin Hart reacting as if he's some like black old head to it's whatever he's funny. going through. I think it's hilarious. He's playing. He's essentially playing Danny Glover for an hour and a half. <laughs> well, the, and you speak to Danny's <laughs> transition. Um, seen Danny DeVito in that? Yeah. I had this like, I just want to see Danny DeVito and Kevin Hart just have like a, like the, an argument or like <laughs> a conversation or whatever it may be, like something like that. But uh, no, I'm, I'm, it looked fun. The first one was a lot of fun. I mean, I guess technically the second one, right? Is this the third one then? This is technically the 
third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right? they're, they're rifting off of uh, off the original. Right. Yeah. But you know, the most recent one, I, I I really enjoyed. I thought it was cool. I was like, why are they doing another Jumanji movie? Yeah. Like Robin Williams one was just so good. But uh, <laughs> I thought they did a great job, and uh, this looks really fun. Well, this one was written by uh, Jake Kasdan, who wrote Walk Hard, mm-hmm. and he also a solo exec- too. Yes. Also, uh, executive produced Bless This Mess, Fresh Off the Boat, and a favorite of mine, New Girl. And a favorite of mine, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, see that. But just just the fact that he has these titles, and again, for some of the latter ones I, I said, he was executive producer, but you know, these are all shows that I've watched yeah. multiple times. I love, yeah. like we just said, Walk Hard is one of our fan favorites. Yeah, so it really is. I'm excited to see the banter that they come out with. I'm excited to see Kevin Hart kind of pour into this role as, you know, to me, every like black actor wants to play an older version of themselves. So he's technically playing an older version of himself. Really? Like, yeah. think I'm not. I mean, this is a this is a weird connection, but like Mahershala Ali and True Detective season three, like he got to play three different generations of himself. Right, right, right. That's okay, probably one I of his favorite roles. I can see that would be fun. Kevin Kevin Hart and The Rock, you know, pretty much playing older versions and younger bodies or their bodies. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm with it. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Speaking of nostalgia, Stranger Things drops this week. We are going to end you. We are going to end your friends. We are going to end everyone. So Spencer, I want to hear your third take. So take three. What the fuck are they going to do now? I don't know. That's but I, like I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, it feels like it's running its course. I'm definitely going to watch it, but I'm starting to realize like half these kids have already like gone through puberty. Their voices are probably cracking. Like, it seems like they need to go off to college and do Stranger Things abroad or something. Well, it's funny when I read the reviews, the majority of like what they're talking about is just character stuff, mm-hmm. and like the most enjoyable stuff is just them going through these like really, you know, crazy moments and growing up. Like, you know, just puberty, I guess. There's the word. But, but it, it's like they, you know, now they know exactly what the what they called the void or yeah. wasn't so, it called the void or something like that? So, yeah. The upside down? Upside down. Upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. Again, I'm not. Stranger Don't things, attack a stranger things, things, man. So <laughs> like, upset. But it's just, it's just like, it, to me, it feels like it's going the way of Orange is the New Black where mm. the first and second season, I loved it, but it just got to the point where it was like, oh, I'm just watching people in prison right now. And I don't. Like the stakes aren't there for me anymore. And I. It, it's kind of weird. There's a few Netflix shows like that, not to get off topic, but like, you know, Jessica Jones premiered new episodes and I was yeah. like, wait, there's, that's still going. Still and that's going. still kind of how I felt with stranger things. I yeah. was like, Oh, that's still happening. These kids are still doing <laughs> this. And I, <laughs> I hope it doesn't turn into a scenario where like in modern family, that kid, when it first started, he was like, he was the, he was the boy, you know what I mean? You know exactly who I'm yeah. talking about. Hey buddy, nothing. Sorry. Habit. I'm not actually doing anything wrong. And then yeah. as the series progressed, he hit that awkward, like grown up <laughs> stage and everyone's like, this guy, this guy's awkward. He's like, still he's lives at he, home? What is yeah, he yeah. doing here? Yeah, why is he here? And so, I don't know. That's always funny to me. But, uh, you know, it comes out July 4th. So, if you're not, you know, drinking a bunch of Budweiser's on a porch or something, watch it. Which you definitely should be. That's what I'll be doing. This isn't an ad. Probably this with you. a fact. Yeah, it'll be a good time. <laughs> or, or your new best friend, Matt Perea, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Producer TD is going to be pumped. That was a tight 10 right there. We're going to move on to the next segment. The movie prep Oof. for Spider-Man. Far from home. MJ, I am Spider-Man. No, of course I'm not. I mean, it's kind of obvious. So, we all know the whole story. Peter Parker, yada, yada, yada. But this time, he's going to Europe. Guys, what is your overall thoughts going into this? What do people need to know? I think people need to know that uh, 
there's a shitload of Spider-Man movies and you need to kind of prioritize which one's <laughs> which going into this one. Um, I think you need to know that a lot has happened in the Marvel universe. Yes. Yeah. And, and let's just use this right now as your spoiler warning, even though the spoiler ban was lifted on Endgame, this is going to be heavy spoilers for uh, all the Spider-Man movies, Infinity War and, and Endgame. And hopefully mm-hmm. potentially not far from, far from home unless I get it right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I... I a lot has happened for, you know, a 16 to 17 year old kid from New York. He's been to space and even, you know, we said Samuel Jackson calls him a bitch uh, <laughs> for going to space. But, uh, you know, I think you need to know he's been through a lot. The snap has happened after Endgame. It's been five years. A lot of the kids have come back, you know, like what just happened? You know, it's kind of a fast forward and, and it's actually it's 2023 in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, he he goes abroad. He Endgame is over. And if you've seen Endgame, you know how dramatic that was. He's reeling off the he's reeling off the death of Tony Stark, as is the whole world. And he's trying to, you know, like he says, the first line of that trailer is like, you know, the world kind of needs a new Iron Man. The world needs the next Iron Man. Kind of putting himself under that bill. But I feel like it'll be more there'll be a lot more to that. I think he'll discover a lot more. And I think he will be kind of the catalyst moving the MCU forward. Well, you know what I thought about when I saw the trailers and the pretty much the theme of this movie is like, what do we do now that Iron Man's gone? Yeah. That's the through line of it. And an unlikely movie I thought about was uh, the recent rock movie, Fighting With My Family, oh. where she's asking them, you know, uh, Soraya Knight is asking The Rock, how can I be like you? What advice would you give us? We want to be the next you. And he pretty much says like, well, don't worry about being the next me, be the first you. Don't be the next me, be the first you. Yeah. So I'm taking that into uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and saying the entire movie is going to try to understand how can he be the next Iron Man or if even wants to be the next Iron Man, but ultimately coming to a point where he's like, I can just be Spider-Man yeah. and that's enough for everybody. And I know Matt said the spoilers, but you know the relationship between Tony Stark, Tony Stark filled the Uncle Ben role in the MCU, mm-hmm. for those that don't know. And you know there was even a line in the Homecoming one one where he said, I wanted to be like you. And he said, I want you to be better. Yes. You know, so it was kind of a very fatherly, tough love kind of relationship. And so that end of end game, when he sees him after the five years, that embrace, you kind of, you felt all that. So you kind of need to see, you know, those movies, you know, to kind of understand what's happened with Peter now and the world. And specifically what you said, I want you to be better as a father understanding, you know, trying to raise my Mm -hmm. kids in this world. That's actually one thing that I don't want to instill into my kids, telling them, mm-hmm. you need to be better than me. Imagine you're Peter Parker, you're 15, 16 years old, maybe a little older, and you're just starting to understand your full power. You look at Tony Stark, billionaire, philanthropist, like world saver, galaxy saver. That was if such a great quote in the first one. <laughs> if he's saying, hey, you need to be better than me, you're a 15, 16 year old kid. That's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And well, that's something that's something as a father I would never want to put onto my kids because, you know, played in the NFL, won a Super Bowl, TV show on the air. If I'm telling my kids to be better than me, that's pressure they don't need. I, I'm gonna just say I'm gonna give you the tools, right, to be what you want to be. But like connecting your success to mine, that can kind of be detrimental. So I see why you know there are some scenes in the trailer where yeah. uh, Tom Holland, Peter Parker is you know, distraught because he doesn't know where to go based mm-hmm. off of the pressure that Tony didn't really know he was putting on. Him. Well, that's a whole thing as an athlete, right? Is not to compare yourself to others. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, you're like focusing on your own stats. like you like, yeah, you, maybe you don't have the most tackles, but on that one particular tackle, like how did you do? Right. Yes. And, and did I have better, was I tackling better? Was my form better? Whatever. Right. It's yeah. always kind of, uh, looking to your own past experiences mm-hmm. and comparing yourself 
to to yourself. Yeah. Also, and not anyone else. Yeah. Tony like saved the universe, so I don't know how he's going to do any better than that. <laughs> you know, like does make he do a it, new universe. Like does he do it twice? I don't <laughs> Reality, know. I guess. But I guess. I, you know, uh, this movie Far From Home is pretty much the bookend to Marvel's Phase Three storyline, and initially it was supposed an epilogue to, in ways. Epilogue. It was supposed to springboard, you know, Phase Four of Marvel uh, in the coming years, but there was so much baggage from Endgame that. You know, some of the reshoots, some of uh, even the story had to kind of get retooled a little bit because there, there was just too much baggage left on the table for them not to address. You, you needed to sit in that aftermath a bit. Yeah. You needed to understand like how everyone was affected because all you really got at the end of Endgame was just a brief, you know, you know, uh, montage of people going home. Peter even seen Ned for the first time doing that yeah. little uh, play by Jacob Balaton, um, Ned Leeds. And, you know, I want to see I want to see how the world is like come back from five years and is like transitioning like. You know, someone's ex-wife came back or like someone's, you know, <laughs> like people just come back. You know what I mean? It's And so I, I kind of want to see how the world functions. This is also an interesting story in general. When you think of Infinity War slash Endgame, I see that as one movie. Yeah. You know, that's that movie arc is essentially Tony Stark, whereas Far From Home is Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. How can how can Spider-Man Far From Home even get to the level of what an Endgame was. It, you know, this is the first Marvel movie coming out since Endgame, so there's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of anticipation, a lot of, you know, just what's going to happen around this movie where I would actually like for it to be that self-contained story of just figuring it out, you know, how do we move in this world now that everybody's back? Like you said, it's uh, placed in 2023. Yeah. A lot of these kids, like Ned and... Um, um, MJ. MJ. Zendaya. All these people essentially were dusted, yeah. you know, went away for the five years in, in our world, but have came back the same age. And I, yeah. I think I've talked about this before, where the kids that they went to school with that weren't dusted are now like 21, 22 years old. They're like in they're, frats and sororities. They're technically <laughs> in school with the kids that were in like sixth or seventh grade when they got dusted. That's so crazy. the ones that didn't get dusted are now at their age. So I'm hoping that they address that. Yeah. Um, you you kind of have to address. You have uh, to. You know what's happening from the end game. Obviously, with Tony Stark being away, but or being dead, I should say. Do we know if he's dead? That's the you know well, ten moment. Yeah. But I think this. I think this story will, for the most part, answer a lot of questions that we've had post end game, or like you know just what's happening in the world. That's yeah. one question I want them to answer: is, is are they going to address this like school system of you know the sixth graders that are now Tony? I mean uh, Peter's age, going to school with them and. Peter's friends that we may have seen in in Homecoming, they're adults. They're adulting. They're right adults. Now, so yeah, they're getting jobs. I would, first I would, interviews. I would love to see how they address that. If they do address it, I'm okay if they don't. But I think this is going to be a really interesting story and kind of springboard us into Phase Four. Well, I think it's funny. This movie silently, to me, as a Marvel film, silently came out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, the buildup wasn't as big as Endgame. It was kind of, you know, it was like when Age of Ultron happened and then Ant-Man came next and it took a little bit of steam to pick up. I don't think this will have that problem. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that excites me is Spider-Man out of every Marvel character. I mean, look what they did with Iron Man, which was a B-list character. Yeah. Like this is their second movie. I've never been more excited to see a villain on screen, to be honest. I always loved Mysterio growing up. Um, until they do Venom, right? And Carnage. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, Spider-Man's universe in general, like we said, like Matt was talking about Into the Spider-Verse and all these things. I mean, they can do anything they want with this character. And um, I'm excited to see Tom Holland play Peter Parker again because I thought he did a really great job in Homecoming. Well, it's also getting back to the roots of what Spider-Man is as yeah. a story, you know? Mm -hmm. We know Spider-Man to be, you know, the kid from Queens, you know, these these really self-contained stories Queens. are happening. <laughs> <laughs> 
these really self-contained stories that are happening, you know, in Queens, in New York or whatever. But we really know, you know, Tom Holland's Peter Parker to be on this grand world scale. Like yeah. Spider-Man went into the the galaxy. He went yeah. to outer space, as as uh, Nick, uh, Fury, Nick said. Fury said. But at the core of what we know Spider-Man to be, especially the past iterations of him, have been these very, you know, New York City-based, Queens-based. Ground obviously, level. Obviously, he's going overseas right now. But... It's these it's neighborhood Spider-Man, your friendly, friendly neighborhood, neighborhood Spider-Man. And this is the only this is only the second movie with the Spider-Man title behind it. We've seen, I think, was his his fifth movie uh as Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Tom Holland. It's his it's fifth his movie, fifth. right? But we've seen that on such a grand scale. So I'm yeah. excited for them to um, I'm anticipating them getting back to telling those, you know, neighborhood if, friendly. And, and I'll say stories. this to anybody who wants like if you want to watch one scene that I think kind of sums up where you're going with Peter Parker, watch his very first scene in the MCU when he meets Tony Stark. Because mm-hmm. he, he justifies everything he's doing, why he's doing it, who this kid is, where he comes from. And you see the parallels between he and Tony. Yeah. And that kind of catapults into, you know, where the rest of the movies go. But I always love that scene. And I'm also, uh, and just briefly, I got to give a nod to Jake Gyllenhaal with this. We're mm-hmm. playing Mysterio because <laughs> he's he's silently one of the best actors of this era. Definitely. And it the younger so generation good. might not know who Absolutely. he is because there are a lot of like the movies that he do are a little out there like Nightcrawler yes I film breaking stories maybe you saw my item this morning with fatal carjacking what was the other source code one was that he did? rad <laughs> source code yeah. was so good on the train what's the Nightcrawler was great and, and Jake Gyllenhaal says Nightcrawler is the favorite thing he ever did what's his I forget I forget I know which one you're talking yeah. about yeah Prince of Persia no <laughs> <laughs> We don't talk about but, Prince of Persia. But, I mean, as as Matt tries to pull it up, you know, speaking to Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. he kind of turned from this, you know, uh, remember when remember when he was in, like, boy, like Plastic Bubble or Bubble uh, Boy? Bubble Boy. And like, now he literally has a bubble on yeah. his head. I've been seeing the memes all <laughs> over the place, dude. That was, that was just like a full circle moment. But when it comes to Nightcrawler, I had low expectations for Nightcrawler. I didn't know what it was. I didn't really know what the story was. But that movie gripped me. Yeah. Like, to see how sadistic somebody can be and just uh, maniacal, essentially, but doing it with a smile. Like, he was a sociopath in that movie. So bringing that to Mysterio, like, Mysterio is a liar. He, he's a con artist. I know you. The eyes. It's, you got to look, you gotta at, the look at the eyes. If someone's just, if I'm they're a, dead inside I, or I something's wrong. I think the wrong. movie that I was <laughs> thinking of was Nocturnal Animals. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, when I'm a, I'm a big believer that, you know, the eyes are the key to the soul. They're the key. You look at somebody in the eyes, you can tell them, you can see anything and everything that they're about. You look at Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler, he is fucking insane. And he's bringing his that over eyes, to Mysterio. His and greasy wait. hair, like all this. And there's a couple shots in the trailer. You know Mysterio, okay, quick, Quentin Beck, mm-hmm. and in this one, he's from another dimension, they say. He was like a, a shamed stuntman in the original comics and like like did illusion and like all of these special effects and stuff. And he used that to his advantage. And there's been so many arcs with him, but he's in the Sinister Six, which is Spider-Man's, you know, main rogues gallery. He's in, he's one of the biggest Marvel villains. And um, the idea that Jake Gyllenhaal wanted to play this character, yeah, Mysterio, like you'd think he'd go for a bigger role or something like that. But I was watching an interview and he goes, I did something with it and I'm pretty happy about yeah. it. It leads, it leads me to believe that he might be signing on for future roles as Mysterio. A lot of the times when it comes to Marvel movies, they cast these big characters, but they only have them in those one-offs. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, Loki has played fucking, it seems like yeah. 10, 15 movies. And he's going to be playing him again in the limited series. Exactly. But, but I, I think Martin Freeman showed up in a Civil War, has yes. a huge part in Black Panther. 
I think Jake Gyllenhaal is signing off for the long haul to be that resident, uh, mm-hmm. that resident evil. Shout out to you, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, yeah. I've been pretty good with puns lately. Yeah, your puns are pretty good. But I think <laughs> if, if you can get Jake Gyllenhaal tied down to you know two or three more movies as his character and him kind of pulling in different people, different other vices coming into this world, you know, this can set Tom Holland to and Spider-Man to be great for years to come. Yeah, and I'm, that dynamic, those two actors, you know, they released a couple of clips of them just sitting on a ledge, just talking, yeah. and like, you know, I, I couldn't be more excited. Mysterio's suit and, and everything he's doing looks amazing, um, and I couldn't be more. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. This is this is another movie too, and and just briefly where I've started to come around to, you know, seeing these movies two or three times, just because the first time you see it, you want to understand the world, you want to understand just the big events. The second time you see it, now you're diving more into the dialogue and yeah. and how much is packed into the dialogue. Like, yeah, um, it's it's so interesting because. With Mysterio, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal playing Mysterio, like going into it the first time, I'm keying into what he says and how he says it because being a liar, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal playing uh, Nightcrawler and Nocturnal Animals, like I hope that they pack in a lot of dialogue to where the second time you watch it, like, oh, he's technically foreshadowing right in front of their faces of, yeah. of maybe his plans or whatnot. So. I just, yeah, I, I'm going to be the same way on first viewing is, is just kind of listening and dissecting everything he's saying and doing. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most. And and wrapping up real quick, you know, it's directed by John Watts, who directed uh, for, uh, he did Spider-Man, Co- he Homecoming. Did Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, and then he did an indie called Cop Car with Kevin Bacon. It was fun. And that's how he got the Spider-Man Homecoming job. And shout out to DG on All American, who <laughs> was the production designer on that. But I uh, will say that he might have the best horror clown movie of the past few years so he made a a short film i think it was like a, a oh yeah a short called yeah. clown where uh, a father you know for his son's birthday finds an old clown costume puts it on and then realize he can't take it off yeah because the clown costume is actually a demon skin yeah i think this wig is stuck <laughs> you don't understand i physically so it's a. I watched the trailer oh, for wow. it, and off the strength of the trailer, light years better than it. And he got jobs. And he got jobs. It. He actually did a. It was a short film about that. Raised money uh, with his writing. I forget his writing partner's name, but raised enough money to make it a feature length movie, and it looks good. I'm probably going to watch it sometime soon because I want to see how he di- how he dives into that that horror genre. But just off the premise of a clown him finding a clown costume and actually being a demon skin and going through that process. Like he had to like tear his nose off in it because he couldn't take the, the well, red nose off. It, so yeah. it's funny because a lot of those and not getting away from this, but those, those horror films and those, uh, a lot of filmmakers are getting jobs on big blockbusters off of these like small budget horror films yeah. because they balance that character and emotion so well. Yeah. And John Watts and Spider-Man, I think he's nailed the tone with Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. I think he's done such a good job, like just staying relevant to the MCU and Every time I hear him interviewed, he he's he's funny. He's a cool dude. He he's had a big week, you know. Yeah, Far, yeah. Uh, Far from Home premiered last week, the same week of his birthday. Same hey. week as my birthday. We oh, have wow. the same birthday, everybody. Shout out June twenty eighth. Shout out to John Watts. But just imagine it being your birthday and you're walking the red carpet on a movie that you made that's probably going to gross like a billion dollars in a month and a half. Like 
He's having a pretty strong career so yeah, far. You know, he started off with uh, working at, not started off, but one of his uh, bigger credits was he worked for the satire company, The Onion. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, just, just off the strength of that, the he's going to have some man. good shit in this movie. I just used to read the headlines on The Onion. <laughs> I laugh so hard. Is there anything else you guys want to prep on? Maybe give a prediction on Rotten Tomato score? Uh, I will say really quick that this movie does give a lot more time uh, for character development with MJ and Zendaya. Mm-hmm. and you Because, again, you didn't get a lot of her in Homecoming, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, but in this one, it's it's the MCU's Mary Jane Watson. Yes. And uh, I'm excited to see what she can do. And I think my, my rotten score for this, and um, I will not be wrong this week, but I would say it would be a 75%. Um, oh. I'm going high with this. Wait, no, no, no. 75 is low for the, a movie like this. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Again, I don't... You don't understand the Rotten, rotten Tomatoes tomato score. Spencer's really okay. bad at Rotten Tomatoes. 90. Yeah. I'm going to say... Like look it. it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say like 88. I'm going to go 92. I are the I haven't looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score. No, no, I haven't looked at anything either. You know what? I'm a, you know, I'm going to settle down. I'm going to settle down at like 80, 85 because I feel like people are going to go in with the expectations hate that on it, it needs to be in-game status and it won't be. You'd and be pr- you'd be proud about. of me. I was scrolling last night cuz Matt sent like a heads up like don't read the Wikipedia page cuz they spoil that shit yes, like that's 24 a, that's hours. Some prep. Dude, yeah. There you go. Don't read the Wikipedia page, especially when it says plot and you could have to scroll down the page. That <laughs> it means wasn't it's even the whole that. It was the plot. character. It was the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't even go do not go near the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um but let us know what you guys think of the movie. If you guys have any have anything you'd like us uh to know going into this movie, uh Hit us up at Film Study Pod. Yep. Oh, and stay Twitter. for the post credits. There's two major ones. Yes. Do it. Now it's time to get into the movie recap of Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Yes. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider Man. At least that's what I thought. So this is going to be a spoiler, spoiler heavy conversation about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which just hit Netflix uh, for us to sit on the couch and watch a movie for the first time uh, <laughs> since Triple Frontier. So <laughs> I mean, oh, Triple. Oh my yeah, it was oh, the last one we did, the na- last triple Netflix one we did. So uh, guys, what are your overall thoughts of this movie real quick? Genuinely love this movie. I, this was one of the, my favorite movies of the past year because it had everything. You know, I, I really like Shamik Moore. I hope if they do a live action, which they've been hinting at in the next couple of years, he may be able to reprise his role. Be amazing. I'm actually thinking the the kid from, the black kid from uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, he could be good too. Could kill it as that. Even the kid from The Shy, the main uh, character, well, one of the main characters from The Shy can kill it. And I don't know the names right now, but if you know who I'm talking about, shout out to them. But the story pretty much hinges on understanding that there is a Spider-Verse out there, that the spider the Spider-Man that we know in our world is this perfect Spider-Man. He has a perfect life. You know, he always gets up. He always, like, gets his guy and whatnot. And he dies. dies. <laughs> so it, it's he dies around the same time that Miles Morales, voiced by Shamik Moore, is understanding that he just got bit by a radioactive spider. And he's trying to understand, like, how can he live up to what this world Spider-Man was, kind of like how far from home is. Yeah. So, you know, we're, ex- we're exposed to what now we know is to be the Spider-Verse and how there are these thousands, potentially millions of different versions of Spider-Man out there. You know, Spider-Pig, shout out to Spider-Pig. Spider-Ham, 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 Spider-Ham. 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 John Mulaney is the man. My name is Peter Porker. 
And what's the name? Uh, Spider-Man Sp- Noir? Spider-Man Noir, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> In my universe, it's 1933, and I'm a private eye. I like to drink egg creams, and I like to fight Nazis. A lot. Oh, God. His <laughs> intro was great. It's uh, a, like, Spider-Gwen. Hey, guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. These are all, you know, dope characters that we can get so much run out of, but the story is essentially, you know... Um, just trying to find yourself, trying to understand yourself, who you yeah. are in this world. And and that's just true to the Spider-Man's DNA. And and it's the way they do that in each film. There has to be a scene where where that hits home and, and for Sp- and into the Spider-Verse. I, we've talked about this movie a lot. This was actually my favorite movie of 2018. Yeah. Um, because it does just that. It hits every everything you need out of a film. And that scene when the first Peter Parker, played by Chris Pine, if you're trying to get a visual, um, uh, dies, that funeral scene where every single person is wearing those masks yeah. and stuff like that and and he's looking around and he kind of says something like like i can do it you know and the guy next to him he's, oh, like, yeah. he's not talking to you he's like <laughs> every, like he's like a fat dude wearing a yeah. mask but it was one of those things it was reflective and it was cool and there were so many moments that miles went through you know that he just they were the best emotional scenes in a spider-man movie i've ever seen and it sounds kind of funny you know because it is a pixar style film i don't know how to really say that what that kind of art is yeah but uh computer generated, I guess. But uh, I got more out of this film probably than any other Spider-Man film to date. I have not seen Far From Home yet. And just think but, just think how packed this cast is. Like ugh. you have Shamik Moore who's ascending. You have Jake Johnson who... The I man. Mean, the the man. Our pick for Mario. <laughs> our, pick for, our pick for literally anything comedic. Yeah. I would, we even talked Throw about... Throw him into Ghostbusters to Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> we, even, we even talked about uh, giving Jake Johnson the Wolverine role for like two years to see what would happen. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, <laughs> who just came off of the Bumblebee movie. Mahershala Pitch Ali, perfect, yeah. Like, this guy's getting Emmys and Oscars, it seems like, every year. And Brian Tyree Henry, who plays Paperboy in Atlanta, and he's in the new Chucky, and he's... Apparently supposed to be in the next uh, Kong versus Godzilla movie. Like, uh, this is an insane cast. Like, you know, Zoe Kravitz is playing uh, Mary Jane, where John Mulaney's playing uh, Sp- Spider Ham. But um, it's such a it's such an amazing amazing cast, and they they all allow for their own personal voice to kind of seep through this. But you know, as as impressive as the cast is, the technology it took for Amazing. them to make this mm. film is even better. I think they worked on the technology because it did, literally did not exist. This is kind of on Avatar levels. Avatar had to make a new technology essentially yeah. or enhance the technology that they already had to make Avatar. It's the same thing that happened with Into the Spider-Verse because this technology did not did not exist. And now, what is it? Uh, Sony like owns the rights to this technology. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited to see where they go with it because when you look at the screen in any given moment, you see bits of a comic book. You yeah, see, it looks like a stylistically, book. it's the best comic book CGI, feel movie. Stop motion. It's like so, all this crazy shit. Yeah. Here's my gr- only gripe with the movie is that that it's. So originally I saw it in 3D and I was like, oh, okay, it mm-hmm. must be just like a little weird because I saw it in 3D. This was the first time I had seen it um, like in 2D. Yeah. And the first 10 minutes are super jarring yes. with the frame rate. And I'm like, I, yes. I felt nauseous watching it for the first 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, and the sound. Oof. Yeah. It, so I was... And I felt the same way watching the 2D version. Yeah. It just takes, but you eventually get used to that kind of choppy frame rate of yeah. that, that gives it that comic book feel. But I honestly, those first 10 minutes are really and tough. To give you hype, like, you know, I was reading it was, it's the first non Disney or Pixar film to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature since mm. like 2010, 2011, or something mm. like that. And the Oscar goes to Fireman into the Spider Man. 
Rightfully so. I think I texted you one at one. I was so happy. Yeah. Because this movie was so deserving. I love uh, uh, Lord and Miller, Christopher uh, Lord and Phil Miller. Yes. Um, you know, they've done so, so much good work. And this is just, this was a comic book come to life. And it was just jumping off the screen. I did not see it in 3D because I probably would have hurled. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you have not seen this film, get on Netflix and, and watch it because it hits you in so many different ways. And, and you were talking earlier again about people who have small parts in movies and they, they get extended later on. Mm-hmm. Donald Glover, not, get, not going back to that, plays um, Miles Morales, whether you know it or not, in Homecoming Uncle. Yes. And that's the same character in this one, Prowler, played by Mahershala Ali. And what they go through in this film, if they, this is an incredible origin story. So like him, mm-hmm. go, his relationship with his uncle and his father and all of these, his mother, all of these people, um, you get everything you need out of it. And seeing this, you know, down the road in like a live action is, would be incredible. They created this technology. They trusted their directors and their engineers to, you know, helm this story. And it seems like they have another bankable it's a different version of Spider-Man. It's it's weird that we're going to have two Spider-Mans working in tandem for the next couple of years and Miles Morales and Peter Parker, but it plays. It does. Mm-hmm. It and plays. I feel it's just a matter of time before we see Miles Morales come to the big screen. Has to be. Uh, I mean, I mean, in a live action form. Um, but this movie was, you know, Leif Schreiber plays the kingpin and, and the villains were different too. You know, you could, they kind of had a different take on all those. And it was... My, again, my favorite movie of 2018, and um, I cannot be more excited for the next one. And if you watch, if you watch it again, you know we we talked briefly about Spider-Man: Far From Home and the, and the dialogue that could be packed into there. I got that same feeling, um, or I noticed the same things watching this a second time last night. You know, mm-hmm. and to what you were saying, Matt, of it was kind of jarring those first 10 minutes. My wife has never seen it. So when I was playing it up to her, like, hey, let's go downstairs and watch it on the big TV and mm-hmm. and really get that moment. Within the first 10 minutes, she says, I can see why this would be really good on a big screen. Yeah. Because there were moments where it was blurred and it was like kind of lagged a little bit. You just wanted to get so much out of it because visually it's impressive as fuck. Mm-hmm. So yeah. having it on a screen, not, you know, IMAX, not, um, uh, which one is, which one is a uh, TD like? Uh, Dolby. Dolby. Like you almost have to have it on these big grand screens in order to truly appreciate it. But after a while, you know, your brain kind of numbs to the fact that you're watching it in the format you're doing it in, mm-hmm. but you, it still comes through. You're still appreciative of what you're watching. Yeah. And, I will never get tired of Spider-Man wearing Jordans jumping off buildings. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it, it was it's such a fun film. How am I supposed to save the whole world? You can't think about saving the world. You have to think about saving one person. We know that they're going to be making a ton of Spider-Verse now yes. spinoffs, right? Yeah. But I feel like they could, looking at the future of this franchise, but also like the Sony-Marvel partnership, mm-hmm. they could essentially use this uh, new technology of theirs to help Marvel. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And they could license that out to them. So that's something that I'd want to see moving and forward. That's, All that's, something, play. that's something that for the world would be a great grand thing. But I have a feeling if, if Sony outsourced it to Marvel, Marvel would then get all the credit instead of Sony being like, no, 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 no. Like we did this. This is us. We, you know, we brought this to the forefront, but Pairing Sony's technology with Marvel storytelling like they did with uh, Spider-Man, it can be a win-win for everybody. I just hope the higher-ups don't try to, like, you know, take their ball and go home yeah. when it comes to something like this because it mm-hmm. could be a big play They've for everybody. They've had a lot of everybody. hard 
sometimes finding middle ground with these characters yeah. and getting them over. And, you know, a lot of people forget until you go see these Spider-Man movies that they are a Sony production. Yeah. They're, you know, co-owned by MCU. It's co-owned by Sony for at least the live action. And this one is just Sony. And so I feel like this is, this is their, this was their biggest home run yeah. of the year. And they need to, they need to build off this the yeah. best they can. So I want to do one last segment before we sign off here. Uh, Athletes love Spider-Man. They do. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Bulbo wearing the Spider-Man suit during yeah. the NBA draft. You have Donovan <laughs> Mitchell doing the Spider-Man shoe collab with Marvel and even did that TV spot with Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. and Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I want to know, which sports do you think Spider-Man would dominate? Do you want to go first? Or? Uh, I got two. Well, clearly gymnastics. Clearly, clearly, yeah. Mine is an offshoot of that. Okay, so. what's you go? Well, so here, real quick, you have to think about. He's also trying to keep his identity secret, right? Yeah. That is. So, what sport can he play that will definitely keep his identity kind of safe? <laughs> the one sport that he can keep it safe while still using it, parkour. <laughs> yeah, but are you gonna make? Uh, no, I'm saying like a professional. What are you like, he would fucking murder everyone in parkour. It's not a fight. It's no, like an I, obstacle neither course. gymnastics. He could slow it down and like go slower. I don't know. They I would think, just say like, oh, how is he able to like stick for that extra half a second on that wall before he jumps in there? I'm not saying he's like jumping on the side of a wall and then standing there for like 10 minutes to decide his next step. I'm just saying he has a little bit of that. I just feel like that'd be way too easy him. for him. My other one was, was going to be wrestling though. Ooh. The terrifying, the deadly, the amazing spider -Man. That was his first job in the comics. He was getting money. Yeah. He was a wrestler. There it is. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know if ba basketball doesn't work because we already know he struggles with the ball being, or with things sticking to his he hands. He gets the ball right? stuck it to his damn hand. And everyone would feel it. They'd be like, wait, what is going on? I think baseball might work really well, right? With the spidey sense. Yeah. Slowing down you, the ball, being an outfielder. outfielder. I could see him as a center Could you imagine fielder. him just like, I'm picturing him like full Spider-Man outfit, but just with like a Dodger uniform <laughs> over it. And he's like coming for like a ground ball up the middle. It just goes through his legs. But I, I don't know. Baseball I mean, would be pretty... I'm not hitting funny. It. I'm not hitting it towards him by any means. The bat stuck to his hand. He just has to run the bases with it. Just oh, think, of it, think of his fucking radius if he's in center field. Like, oh, God. it would be insane. I'm, I'm fucking hitting his fingers. spider sense when the ball's coming. It's like <laughs> right. It's, yeah. It's a curve. Know, it's exactly, a curve. It's exactly. A curve. He knows where, where it's going, when it's coming to him. And it's uh, baseball. You know, he's got the speed. He's got everything. Yeah. He, he's got everything he needs. He's got the strength. He could bunt. I'd He'd say football, fine. but he wouldn't. He said he didn't. He couldn't play football in the Civil War. So. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say basketball either because I'm I would be wary of. A white kid from Queens jumping like seven feet. In can, the can I? <laughs> what about tennis? That's steroids. What right about there. tennis? Tennis, spotty sense. Spotty sense. Spotty sense. I think tennis would be great. And he's playing like he he wouldn't get too out of like frame. He'd yeah. just be like right. <laughs> and he's got the you know if he goes over to Queens he's got the U.S. Open there. Right I there. Think, I think he could take the bus there. What about yeah. golf too? <laughs> His spider sense just like dropping hole. Oh man. But spotty sense is. is technically high well it's not really hindsight it's what's before hindsight just sight uh deja vu <laughs> are you also deja picturing vu. are you picturing this 60 spider-man doing all of these yeah, yeah okay because <laughs> that's what's funny I'm, uh, try, I'm trying to think of what other what other sports can he do i'm well, not gonna say like nascar because like no, new no, yorkers no. don't drive like i have friends that are like 40 years old in new york that don't have never had a driver's license well he, so. here's the thing let's just let everyone else decide on social media let's have everyone be a part of this conversation <laughs> 
Which sports do you think Spider-Man would dominate? Let us know at Film Study Pod on Twitter. Spencer, sign us off here. As usual, this is the Film Study Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode. Dan, you got anything you want to say? Uh, no, I'm at Dane Mork. He's at at Paysinger, no vowels. Uh, go see Spider-Man Far From Home. Let us know what you guys thought and engage with us on social. But thanks again. Till next time. Cool. Thanks for tuning in.